Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, has their fast, free shipping, free road has protection, convenient installation options, and their selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Bridgestone Weather Peak. But did you know they sell other automotive products as well? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, just go to TireRack.com slash sports, TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Are you tired of endlessly searching for work, applying for jobs, and never hearing back? Job openings vanishing into thin air? What if with just one connection, you could link with dozens of companies that are hiring? What if that connection was a locally owned business ready to help without charging a fee? Express Employment Professionals is your one connection. Go to ExpressPros.com. With endless opportunities, it's time to try something new in your job search. Let Express Employment Professionals help you. Start at ExpressPros.com. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts Connect the alarm Change the podcast you stream Connect the snooze Ten more minutes to dream Connect the shower Lather up with the news Sports talk Comedians or movie reviews Connect with that three hour philosophy show Change the drive into work In traffic so slow Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the city of Angels with the Rams. I think they just scored again on the Seattle Seahawks. What's your deal, bro? Kind of feels like uh, the beginning of the end or the end of the end in Seattle. More on that to come. Kyle Rudolph of your first place NFC North champion. Minnesota Vikings will join us upcoming in 15 minutes. D'Angelo Williams later on the show and Michael Lombardi, former general manager in the National Football League. will get his thoughts on Patriots Steelers. On the Packers losing to the Panthers. On Hades losing to the Cowboys. And on the inequity of of punishment in what I think is the worst rule in sports. The worst rule in sports is not the rule that took away the Pittsburgh Steelers touchdown from Jesse James. By the way, I continue to think if your last name's James, you have to name at least one child Jesse. even Even if it's a girl. Regardless of which. Um, and I, I, I love the arguments that uh, people try to make to sound really smart here. Right. 
They try and make them sound really smart. They're like, well, the Steelers could have intercepted the ball way back when, and none of this would have happened. Well, Big Ben, if it simply been a fade route, none of this would have happened. Like, again, these things are true. And and we'll get to Big Ben and while he, why he just, I mean, dude, it's one thing to throw somebody under the bus, but to throw Todd Haley under the bus and then back the bus up, roll over him again and never go like, hey, you know, I was um, I was driving that bus. We'll get to later on the show. Antonio Brown gets hurt. No Brian Shazier. Come on, dude. We're all aware that the Steelers lost the Super Bowl probably when Shazier got hurt. Definitely when when the best wide receiver in the NFL got hurt. All that said, they scored a touchdown. Right? Like, well, they should have. They should. They scored a touchdown. He caught the ball. He took a step. He crossed the goal line. Touchdown. Only apparently it's not a touchdown because of a rule, which has been a bad rule since it was instituted. Like, well, it's the Calvin Johnson rule, which was a bad rule. Well, it's the Des Bryant rule, which was a bad rule. Did he catch the ball? Yeah, but he didn't. No, 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 no. Did he catch the football? This is what we do as human beings. This is what we do. Right? In our, in our effort for simplification, everything gets increasingly complicated. I mean, look, I don't I, I personally don't think it's a good idea. These Trump tax cuts, which may or may not pass, they may or not, may not go through. But what Donald Trump is playing up is the problem with the NCAA. It's the problem with the NFL is the problem with us as people. Right? It was a powerful deal. Did you guys see the press conference last week? Last week, Donald Trump, they, they were like, look, this is 1960s. And the regulation, look at now. And I'm sure all of the rules and the deductions and everything put into the tax code, all of that was good with really good intention. You know, what we want to do is we want to reward people for buying homes. So we're going to allow them to deduct not how much they pay on their home, but a percentage of the interest that they put down their home. Like, great idea. Now, all of a sudden, like home values soar. And so they cap it at a million. Like, yo, like a million dollar house in middle America is an unbelievable spread. A million dollar house in Santa Monica is a condo. So now they're going to change the cap. They're going to lessen regular. But all they have done is they said, like, look at all these dumb rules. And people are like, yeah, there are a lot of dumb rules. Let's go with the less dumb rules which is what people are saying today and rightfully about the NFL. So, and I pointed this out earlier in the year, like if you have the football as a running back and you get it at the one foot line, one yard line, they hand it off to you. You dive over the pile, you break the plane. No matter what happens after that, it's a touchdown. Jesse James catches the ball. He catches it. He takes two steps. He dives. He breaks the plane. He hits the ground. The ball comes loose for a second, even though he still has it. And it's not a touchdown. Huh? Like, like this happened with marriage. Right? Like, now you... The, the whole idea of marriage is a good one, right? One man, one woman, kids, etc. Like, well, what if something goes wrong? Okay? You get divorced. Depending upon state... Is it 50-50 split? Do you get to keep the stuff you had before you got married? How much do you get to keep after you got married? What type of divorce is it? Right? How much do I have to pay in 
alimony and palimony, all this other stuff. There's so much regulation, so much red tape. You got to bring in the lawyers. They're like, oh my God, I would rather stay married to her who I hate than give it to a lawyer, right? But the lawyers are there because they're the only ones who seem to know all the different regulations, which they wrote. It's kind of what we just said. This is the human instinct, right? Like, like, look, on paper, the idea of communism works, right? Where we all go and do our jobs and we all get paid in stuff that we need. We all have equity in the country and we all work really, really hard. But what happens is there'll be a percentage of people like, eh, I'm getting paid regardless. I'm not working hard. Then there'll be other people that are high achievers like, eh, I'm killing it. This guy's not working. I want to get paid more. I want more power. Like, whoa, human instinct takes over, right? The human instinct with, with sports, human instinct with legislation, it's all the same, right? Like the NCA, they have all these, they're just trying, they got all these rules. And what their rules should be is, hey, you know what? Don't change a player's grade. Don't pay him money. Do the right thing. If a kid steps out of line, you probably have to get rid of him. If you can educate him, keep him on campus, get him a college degree, you should be rewarded for the more kids that graduate, but you have to have them graduate with legitimate classes. Like, can we do that without some thick rule book? It's the same thing with the NFL. Does anyone not believe? Forget about the rule. Is there anyone on earth who doesn't believe that Jesse James caught that football? Of course not. Does anyone not believe that Calvin Johnson caught the football? Of course not. Does anyone not believe that uh, Des Bryant caught the ball against the Green Bay Packers? Of course not. Doesn't mean whether your team benefited or didn't benefit. That's not what I'm asking. I'm just asking if you're playing football with your child uh, or your buddy in the backyard, in a park, in Turkey Bowl, or in the Santa Bowl, and somebody catches the football, like, do you go like, yeah, you caught it? How did we get to this point to which we reviewed to see if the ball, wait, it moved. I don't think it moved. Did it move? Did it not move? All right. Did he catch it? Yes. So what was pointed out yesterday is the dirty little secret that's not even a secret in the NFL. They got a really, really bad rule. It keeps affecting important games. It knocked the Cowboys out of the playoffs. It knocked the Steelers from home field advantage. And I don't know what needs to take place in order to change that rule. But if yesterday doesn't do it, the only thing that will end a playoff game in green Bay doesn't do it. The only thing I can think of is it has to decide a Super Bowl. If it decides a Super Bowl, maybe then they change what is an inarguably terrible rule. And it's not terrible for any other reason, then it's not and it's not the same rule as it is for other times in the exact same game in the exact same situation. Right? It's the and by the way, it's the most guy thing ever. Right? What is the most guy thing ever? When you get lost, do you ask for help? No, no, I'm not lost. I'm just going a different way. Right? No, honey, I put it. Sweetie, I put it in my phone. I don't care about your phone. I know the way to go. And like, you can be completely lost, completely wrong. You're like, no, 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 I got it. This is such a guy thing. Such a guy thing. Refusing to admit, you know, that's a bad rule. We got to change that thing. Is it incre- If you want to know why, why, why women should run or should have at least a portion of the conversation in the National Football League. Right? Look, women are going to, here's the problem with 
you put a woman in charge and what she's going to do is not only tell you you're wrong, but she's going to continue to tell you you were wrong for the next like 15 years. Remember that time you were wrong about the catch rule? God, you were dope. Like, yes, I remember, sweetheart. Thank you. Thank you. It changed the course of history previously. It changed the course of history last night. It's been a bad rule for years. It's still a bad rule today. And defending the fact that it's a bad rule is fine. You can defend the letter of the law, but the letter of the law stinks. And it's par for the course in our society. Right? Like we have bad law. You know, you can get arrested for public intoxication when you're walking from a bar to an Uber. They want to. They can arrest you for public intoxication. Because you're drunk in public. And you're not a bar. Right. The bar can be doing their job like, sir, you've had too much. Let me call you a cab. They call you a cab. You walk out. You're waiting for the cab. You're sitting there. You're whistling. A cop can. Hey, man, you got to move along from this point. I'm I'm trying to catch an Uber. Uh, Ossifer. Right. You can be doing the right thing. You can get arrested. It's a bad law. There are plenty of bad laws. I mean, like, look, if you want to give credit to. Anything like the decriminalization of marijuana is, I don't know whether it's not should be legal. It's going to be, it's being legal in so many different States. And that's really more case of States are like, wait, Colorado made how much money on legal weed? We got to make money on that. Right. But the idea that you would get caught with a joint, you're like, dude, lock him up. Like, no, nah, nah, just give him a ticket. Like, I mean, that's fine. But, this is an indefensibly bad, indefensibly bad rule. Everybody knows it. It changed who got home field advantage. You can make all these statements, which are true, that the Steelers had multiple opportunities to win the game and they screwed him up royally. And Ben Roethlisberger is not taking any credit for the fact that he called the slant route and he threw the ball that ultimately got intercepted. And if you're really the leader, the franchise leader of a, as a quarterback, you don't say, yeah, my offensive coordinator, I didn't want to do it, but my... Forget about all that for just a second. They ruled it correctly because the rule sucks. Because he caught the ball. Just like Dez caught the ball. Just like Calvin Johnson caught the ball. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Kyle Rudolph, he's got twins. They rule his life even more so the National Football League. That's okay. Christmas upcoming. I'm sure there's just gift upon gift upon gift. Kyle Rudolph is a Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee. Today he's hosting his annual Rudy's Red Eye Express as uh, more than two dozen patients and their families from the University of Minnesota Masonic Children's Hospital visit the North Pole. And he joins us fresh off yet another win, clinching an NFC North Championship. Kyle, how are you? I'm doing well, Doug. How are you? Great, man. Um your kids aren't old enough to have the true Christmas wish list, are they? Do they have? They're not. They're not there yet. To where they're like, ooh, I want to. I, I want this. I want that. Yet, are they? Right, not at all. Um, you know, they're still at that age where they're more excited for the boxes and wrapping paper that come with the present. Uh, no matter what you get them, it seems like afterwards they're just constantly playing in the cardboard boxes and wrapping paper. What was your uh, What was your Christmas tradition as a kid? That like this one sticks out in my mind. This is something we always did. Uh, well, the biggest thing for us, we always went to Mass on Christmas Eve and not Christmas Day. Uh, and then we would do my dad's side of the family after Mass on Christmas Eve. Uh, and then I always remember 
Um, you know, like just begging my parents, like, when was it time to go home? Like, we need to go home and go to bed so Santa can come uh, and then wake up, open presents from Santa, get around, uh, and then head to my mom's side of the family for uh, Christmas Day. All right, should be a good one this year as well. Obviously, uh, games, a bunch of games uh, on on Christmas Eve, so a little bit different schedule. Uh, what what was that like yesterday? I mean, like, look, you guys put a just a whooping on the Bengals, and uh, when the news came out about Marvin Lewis, obviously that seemed to change the temperature. It could go either way with 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 them. But uh, take me inside the dome when Teddy Bridgewater took the field. What was that moment like? Oh, it was incredible. Uh, I'm just glad that that glass roof that they put on there stayed intact because that place got pretty loud and uh, rightfully so everything that he's been through over the last 15 months to be able to go back out there and and take the field in an NFL game was was pretty special Uh, and the whole reason why it's special is because of the type of person that Teddy Bridgewater is Uh, I mean when you know the other two quarterbacks on the roster are on the sidelines, giving him as big of an ovation as anyone. Uh, it speaks volumes of the type of person and the type of character that Teddy Bridgewater has. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're talking about Case, and of course, Case Keenum's still the starting quarterback. What, what's like lost in your team's dominance, what's lost in Teddy coming back is, dude, Case was 20 of 23, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Like, I'm not sure you could play much better than Case Keenum played yesterday. And once again, he's not really a storyline in the NFL, is that what what's what is that like to to experience that type of of dominance, and yet the fact that it doesn't get mentioned all that much because of so much other stuff going on? Well, I think he likes it that way. Uh, you know, he's kind of been counted out his entire career, and he plays with that chip on his shoulder. Uh, he, he he likes flying under the radar, and uh, for us, he's been huge all year long. He, he's played really well, and uh, he's definitely been a key part of the reason why. We've been so successful as a team. You know, you go back and look at last year, and we had such a dominant defense, and they kept us in a ton of games and gave us opportunities to win games. But, you know, you fast forward and look at this team this year, and, yeah, our defense is playing as good as anybody. But uh, to complement that, we have an offense that goes out there and scores points, and that puts a lot of pressure on defenses, uh, especially if we get leads, uh, and then our defense can go out there and get get after opposing quarterbacks. How, how much of – what happened in Carolina the week before was a product of hey our offensive line was banged up, but how much of it was hey we just didn't we didn't play well we didn't we, we didn't play assignment football. Oh, I'd say it was a hundred percent that we just didn't play well. Um, you know, we did things that were uncharacteristic to our success. We turned the ball over three times. Um, you know, we didn't run the ball very well, and you know that wasn't that we had guys that weren't capable. Uh, we just weren't executing, and you know weren't being fundamentally sound like we had been the last eight games when we rattled off that eight-game win streak. But, you know, you never want to say there's moral victories. And, you know, we obviously wish we would have played better. But, you know, that loss came at a good time for us. It's much better to have that in the middle of December than in the middle of January because, you know, after that January loss, we're having exit physicals and exit meetings. And you don't get an opportunity to come out like we did this week and correct it. Kyle Rudolph joining us from the Minnesota Vikings. Dominant win over the Cincinnati Bengals. They have on on Saturday night. Remember, they play Saturday night this week. They play the Green Bay Packers who are coming off a loss, and uh, they need to win uh, their last two if they want to keep any hope of getting the playoffs alive. And, like, look, you guys are still playing. Four home field advantage throughout. The Giants could not finish the deal, and the Eagles remain at 12-2. and two. Uh, Look, you've, you're a vet. You've been in this a while. You know 
that it, it's great to be sharp and it's great to have home field, but it's even better when you have all of your guys. If, if you were at, if Coach Zimmer comes to you and is like, Kyle, how should we use the guys in terms of using the starters, using the backups? Do we go for wins these pet last two weeks? What do you, what would your, what would your advice be? Well, I just echo exactly what he just told us yesterday in the locker room. And, you know, we, we accomplished our first goal of the year, and that was to go out and win the NFC North and clinch our spot in the playoffs. Uh, now it's about playing for a seed. So for us, we have a unique opportunity that, you know, really no one's had in, in the history of this league to make everyone have to come to us and come play at U.S. Bank Stadium where it's very loud uh, and very tough on opposing offenses to go uh, against our great defense. So, uh, it's important to us, you know. We we want to make sure that it's extremely difficult, and we want to make everyone come here to Minnesota. Kyle Rudolph joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show. Um, I'm sure you got home and watched uh, some of that Steelers game. What were your thoughts on the call that uh, that look changed the game? Jesse James catches the ball, gets two feet down. Nobody argued that, but once he crossed the end zone, he hit the ground, and the ball comes loose. And they said he didn't complete the process. As a guy who plays the same position in the same sport, what was your reaction to the call? Uh, well, that's, you know, you have to go by the letter of the law and, you know, everyone wants to argue what is a catch. And, you know, obviously if we were playing in the backyard and he caught that ball, no one would have said that it was incomplete. But uh, in our game, you have to make it black and white. There can't be gray area. And the black and white is that if you possess the ball into the end zone and you go to the ground, you have to hold on to it. And, you know, we had a similar situation last week in Carolina with Adam Thielen in the back of the end zone. And, if you ask 10 people, 10 out of 10 people are going to say that he caught the ball. But according to the letter of the law, you have to possess the ball when you go to the ground. And he didn't do that. So uh, I think it's the only way to go about it. It has to be black and white. And uh, unfortunately, that's that's the world that we live in as pass catchers. Uh, so I think one of the things that our coaching staff does a great job of is educating us on that and you know trying to put us in that situation. So you know, when that time comes, we try to be more prepared. Listen, I, I understand that. I respect that, right? Like, the, the Jets are sitting there going, hey, Austin Safarian Jenkins, that's two wins we could have had uh, when the exact same thing happened. You brought up Thielen. That changed his home field advantage for the NFC. You win that game. You have the same record as the Eagles right now with a chance to have home field advantage throughout. Like you said, everybody come to U.S. Bank. But the reality of it is everyone does think he caught the ball. Everyone does think that Adam Thielen caught the ball. Isn't that what it's like? Aren't we overcomplicating something that's very, very simple? Absolutely. Um, I completely agree with you that we're overcomplicating it, but I think in order to make it to where it's, it's black and white and you have to draw the line somewhere, um, that's the line that we've drawn in the sand and just you know, made it the point that if you go to the ground, you have to hold on to the ball. Um, and that's about as, as best as I can explain it. All right, so, uh, so today you're having this awesome event, the Rudy's Red Eye Express, two dozen patients and their families, from the University of Minnesota Masonic Children's Hospital. I know you spent a lot of time there. They're going to visit the North Pole. Um, who Who's going as Santa? Like, uh, is it, uh, or do we have a Santa Santa, or is it Kyle Rudolph Santa? Like, what, give me oh, the, yeah. Kyle Santa's Rudolph? coming. Yeah, he'll be there. So it's, it's the real Santa. Uh, with the last name Rudolph, he got pretty good connections. So, uh, you know, I called him up and uh, told him that we're going to bring some kids up to the North Pole. And, you know, he opened his doors to us, and, you know, we're going to, we're going to head on our way up there. Uh, some some great people involved in this, and you know, I, w- I wouldn't be able to do all this on my own. And it's an incredible night for these patients and their families at Masonic Children's Hospital. And 
uh, of all the things that we do, I think this is uh, my favorite event. Uh, it's awesome when you see the kids' faces and you know their their experiences at the North Pole is ones they never forget. No, nah, there's there's no doubt about it. Hey, dude, listen, congrats on what has been an outstanding year already. Uh, I know you still have two more regular season games to play, and hopefully, uh, but three. We you want three postseason games, right? If you get the bye, you want three postseason games, and maybe all three. You can you can sleep in your own bunk, but uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. In the meantime, this is a great thing you're doing, and uh, good luck in the Walter Payton Man of the Year. I know you're the the Vikings nominee. Well, you're a finalist. We'll see if you win the whole thing. Of course, you get recognized Super Bowl. Appreciate you joining us. Thanks, Doug. Thanks for having me. All right, that's uh, Kyle Rudolph. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. I don't know if you remember how it ended with Pete Carroll at USC, but it fears, feels eerily similar to how it's ending with the Seattle Seahawks. Right? Like, the Seahawks got their asses kicked yesterday. I mean, the Rams came in. Ramos, you, I know you watched the game because you're a huge Rams fan. I did. I got home. I watched Star Wars at early, got home just in time for kickoff, 1 that's, o'clock. That's a, great, that's a great plan. Yes, I, it was. I, I did the opposite yesterday. What I did was I, um, we watched a little bit of football early. Football in the, on the West Coast kicks off at 10. We watched football from 10 to noon. And then I shut everything down in terms of social media and I recorded Red Zone. I recorded all the games. And then I came back at night because we had two AAU games and then we went to see the movie and had uh, Jamba Juice for dinner. Came back and I watched the second half of the Raiders-Cowboys game. And then I watched all the other games on Red Zone and then watched the Steelers-Patriots, watched the entirety of that game. And I watched the Rams game. It's in its entirety. And... I don't know if you felt this way, but you remember their uh, first or second drive? Cooper Cup had a drop right around the 10-yard line. It was going to be a first down. Going to be a first yep. down. on third down. And if you if you watch the Rams-Seahawks last time around, Cooper Cup dropped a ball in the end zone. And uh, otherwise, the Rams would have beaten the Seahawks going way back when the Seahawks were healthy in Los Angeles. And when I saw that drop, I was like, ugh. Bad feelings. I got really, really bad feelings. Did you have this exact same thoughts? I did, and then they talked about how he's from Washington, and he has like over a hundred people there watching him. I'm like, oh man, he's probably nervous, and it's going to be a long day for Cooper. But it wasn't. It it was not. Um, they were up. I'm going to say they were up. weren't they up forty to nothing? But forty or forty two to nothing? I think so. I I don't exact, but they were up by at least thirty five or more. I believe. I'm not. Exact of the exact score. Uh, I mean, I, like it was a turn them off sort of game, and some of it is. Look, they, they've made the classic mistake, and by then it was it was forty to nothing. Yes, it was forty to nothing. Like I looked up and I was like, "Oh my god, it's forty! The Seahawks are getting beaten at home by the Rams, forty to nothing, to nothing." And the Seahawks have made they made a couple of. They tried to fix things on the fly, and it hadn't worked. Right? I don't know if you saw this quote from Pete Carroll, uh, but he said that um, um, <clears throat> he said that the Sheldon Richardson and uh, what's what's my man's name? We picked up from Dwayne Brown. Dwayne Brown from te- the Texans like hasn't worked yet. Right? Like if it hadn't worked yet. It ain't gonna work. Like they went out and overpaid. And traded for two guys that their other their, their previous teams didn't want, 
Dwayne Brown because of the contract holdout and they found a way to kind of navigate a bad season, a bad offensive line without him. Comes back, doesn't get along with ownership over the McNair comments, and so they jettison him. Sheldon Richardson, they were trying to get rid of him with the Jets, so they take somebody else's problems, and sure enough, it hasn't solved their problems. But like that beating was reminiscent of when Jim Harbaugh kind of ended the reign of terror of USC in the Pac-12 and did the, what's, you know, that was the what's your deal, bro, handshake. You guys remember that game? When they were mm-hmm. like, I don't know, I'm going to say 32-point underdogs in the Coliseum came in and kicked the hell out of them? Same thing. And it was the same thing in that Harbaugh just ran the ball right at them, and at some point there was quit in them. And it's the, it's the same deal. It's the same deal with the Seahawks. Like, it was Todd Gurley left, Todd Gurley right, Todd Gurley catching the ball in the backfield. That was, that, was the, that was the official end. Last week was the unceremonious end where, you know, we had on, uh, we had Malik Jackson on. Malik Jackson's like, yeah, we punched the bully in the mouth. Now everybody knows the, bull, the bully can't fight anymore, right? The bully is washed up. This is after Tyson got knocked out by Buster Douglas. That, that's what this is. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. The dumbest thing in football is not even the catch rule. That's just trying to make something that's inexact exact. The dumbest thing in football is the rule that ended the Raiders' chance of beating the Cowboys. Derek Carr is stretching to get into the end zone. Stretching to get into the end zone. He loses the ball at the, John, if I said one foot line, is that okay? Or sure, it? yeah. It was close. It was one foot in. line. One foot line. No one else touches the football. The defense did nothing to help him lose the football. He just stretched and the ball slipped out of his hands. And not only do the Raiders get the football, but they get it at the 20-yard line. The fumble into the Indio and out of the end zone equals touchback is such a ridiculous overpunishment for a fumble that was not claimed. Right? That's, you know what that's like? That's like if you drop a $20 bill, right? And instead of your mom saying, hey, uh, who dropped the $20 bill? Instead, and you're like, well, I dropped the $20 bill. You know what? You did, but because you dropped it, I'm going to give it to your brother and sister just because you dropped it. You didn't mean to, but you did. And so I'm going to give it to them. Tell me somewhere else this exists in sports. Like in basketball, if you go in, like if you go in and you go in for, let's say you're going in for a layup and you lose the ball and it goes out of bounds. Yes, the other team gets the ball, but they have to go the length of the floor once they get the ball, especially in football. Why are you giving up? Even if you're, you're giving up possession when it was never gained by the other team was never touched by the other team. It's such a ridiculously bad rule. It's indescribable to, to try and explain this way. He had the ball. Nobody touched him. The ball slipped out of his hands and it went through the end zone. Think of anywhere else on the football field that happens. If Derek Carr is running on the 20 yard line, stretches out for the 19 yard line where the first down occurs and the ball slips out of his hands and rolls forward to the 17 yard line, and rolls out of bounds. Where do the, where do the Raiders get the football Ramos? If it rolls out of bounds on a kickoff? No, no, no. Um, Derek Carr rolls on a bootleg, right? He's rolling to the right side. 
almost same play of, of last night, only instead of the end zone, he's at the 20-yard line. The first down marker is at the 19-yard line. A foot from the 19-yard line, Derek Carr stretches out, ball slips out of his hands, it rolls forward to the 17-yard line, then out of bounds. Where does Derek Carr get the ball? The 17-yard line. No, he gets it at the point in which he fumbled the football. Oh, okay. okay. So you can't fumble the ball forward out Cannot of bounds. Cannot fumble the ball forward. Except when it's through the end zone. <laughs> How is this not a bigger deal? And everybody's just like, yep, that's the rule. It's a terrible rule. No one touched him. It was funny because I heard Dean Blandino this morning on Colin's show. Mm-hmm. And he said something like, well, it's consistent with the kickoffs and balls being kicked out of the end zone to the 20-yard line. I'm like, well, aren't, but they're giving you the ball back on those plays, right? This yes. one, you're trying to score. So it's consistent, yes, but it's not the same, right? I mean, he- Dan, Dan, this is really the issue. I mean, look, this is my issue with the with the uh, uh, with the ball moving on catches or into the end zone, where like if you're a running back and you like you're running back and you stretch out and you cross the plane and then you put the ball down and then it comes loose, it's not a fumble, right? Yeah. Once you cross the plane, it's a touchdown. Yes. But if you fumble the football and no one else touches it and it goes out of bounds. It's their ball at the twenty yard line. I know it's. How did anybody think like that's what the rule is? Like that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. It's a terrible rule. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Let's welcome in Michael Lombardi, of course, a former general manager, longtime member of several front offices of the National Football League. You can hear his podcast on the Ringer. Uh, read his podcast in the ringer, follow him on Twitter at M Lombardi NFL. Uh, there's a, there's a lot to talk about with the Pittsburgh Steelers and uh, the Patriots game. Let's start with just the rule. I, I understand what the rule is. I understand why it was called as such, but why does this rule, which doesn't seem to be, I don't know, like Michael, if I asked you, did he actually catch the football? The answer is yes. If I asked you if, Des Bryant caught the football, you'd say yes. If I asked you if Calvin Johnson caught the football, you'd say yes. Why is the rule still intact if everyone agrees that these are not indicative of whether or not you actually caught the football? You know, nobody seems to have the willingness to want to change it. You've got to complete the act all the way to the ground. And I think, you know, the, the, there's a slight variation here. I mean, I don't think anybody disputes that Jesse James caught the ball. I think Jesse James was trying to rearrange the ball in his hand to make sure he crossed the plane. I think that was what he was most concerned about. And I think that's why there might have been a little bit of looseness in the ball and there might have been something. Look, look, the, the, there's so many times this happens around the goal line. Ball slips out of a guy's hand. I get that. But this was a catch that the guy was trying to utilize the, the goal line as his friend and break the plane and then hopefully have a touchdown. I, uh, we have to keep evaluating it. We have to keep looking at it. I mean, look. I've said this before, it goes back to the tuck rule. 50 guys in a bar think it's a catch, then it should be a catch. And I think that's what we have to get back to. I, I tend to agree. The other rule, and I want to get back to that game, though, is, and I know you, uh, you, brought, up, you, you brought this up um, and, uh, on your podcast. I hate the rule that the Raiders lost on, where if you, you fumble the ball at the 20-yard line and nobody touched it, goes out of bounds, you get the ball back at the 20-yard line. You fumble the ball at the 1-yard line, it rolls out of the end zone, and you lose the football, and the other team gets to the 20-yard line, um, are, are you okay with that rule as well? 
Yeah, I mean, look, uh, the, you got to coach that. I mean, that's part of the that's part of the game. I mean, you know, that makes the game unique, and you coach it. New England, you know, they don't they don't want their players extending the ball out to the goal line. They they want the ball tucked in a, in a secure position because when you get that close, you don't want to take any chances, and so you coach against it. And as I've often said, you know, the secret to all victory lies in the organization of the non obvious. And when you can organize the non obvious like they do in New England, you tend to win those games. When you want to put the ball out like Marcus Peters was doing the other night on his interception that didn't get stripped, or LaShawn McCoy does numerously when he runs the ball down the field, and, and you get away with it, great, but when you don't get away with it, don't cry about it. I think that's the rule. That's a good rule. This catch thing, to me, I'm not sure of. I, I think the catch, I understand the intent, but I don't get it, because you go to the ground when sometimes the ground is your friend just because you don't want to get yourself hurt or you, have, you lose your balance. I don't think that doesn't mean you catch the football. Michael Lombardi joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. All right, um, Ben Roethlisberger after the game says that Todd Haley uh, called for the called for the final play that he wanted to clock the football. Uh, are you okay with your quarterback saying that the offensive coordinator overruled him? Look, I, I think the the best thing you can say there is, look, we, we just didn't get it done. Life goes on. I mean, you don't have to throw anybody under the bus, and and. You know, it didn't work out, unfortunately. You threw the ball inside. What most people don't understand, and I think this is what nobody's going to question Ben on, is, is when you throw the ball in the middle of the field at eye level, you run a great risk. That ball can get tipped. There's a rule. Now, it's not been affected by a lot of teams, but most good teams in the league will throw the ball on the goal line and low. That's where you throw the ball. You right. throw the ball down into the goal line. When you're on the back line, you throw it high, like Dwight Clark caught the ball in, in a playoff game against the Cowboys years ago. Montana looked like he was throwing it out of bounds. That's what you do. So when you break that code, when you break that rule, you enter into your own risk, and you've got to live with the consequences. Whether the coach said go for it or not, you're too much of a veteran quarterback to know, if I throw this ball in the middle of the field, it gets tipped, I'm in trouble. I need it low and down. I think that's the mistake. Um, now, Ben, but Ben called the route, right? Like as much as he might not have, he didn't call for, he wanted the spike. Wasn't it, wasn't it his audible on the route? Well, I mean, I, I couldn't tell. I mean, I've gone back and looked at it again, and, and it's hard to see what signal he... The only, there was a one-man route. The line was discombobulated. Nobody really knew what was going on on the play, so the communication was horrible. And if you can't get everybody in a critical component of a game to get everybody on the same page, you probably shouldn't run the play. You know, the one thing about the play in Super Bowl Forty Nine, everybody understood what was going to happen. They ran the play. This play, I don't think everybody did, and... and Eli Rogers looked like, I mean, you could just see Eric Rowe wasn't sure about the play, and he saw the guy. He was covered. I mean, look, Eric Rowe made a great play on that play. He was covered, and Ben made a poor decision to throw the ball in a crowd of people and think he was going to live for another day. Michael Lombardi joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show. Antonio Brown hurt, Ryan Shazier out, and now they have to go on the road. Uh, what's the likelihood, Michael, now that the Steelers, who might have more talent at individual positions than anybody in football, What's the likelihood they get to a Super Bowl? Look, I, I think you have to take this game on Sunday. And, and, and if you're the Steelers, you've got to say to yourself, look, we, we learned something. We lost Antonio Brown, and that might have just helped us learn something. It didn't help us lose one of our best players. But we controlled the ball for 35 minutes. We kept the Patriots off the field. We played the pace of the game that we have to play to beat them. Now, on third and four, we probably needed to convert. We, throw, we threw a pass inside to Schuster, and Deron Harmon made a great play playing one-cut coverage and tackled him. 
we didn't get to keep the ball. But the formula for beating the Patriots is real simple. We're going to have to continue to have multiple third downs. They had 16 in the game. We have to have multiple third downs. We've got to convert them at a really high rate. They converted 10. That's over 50%. So we're going to keep the ball. The best defense we can put on Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski and Deion Lewis and all these players they have is to, for us to control the ball. They controlled it 35 minutes. The Patriots only ran 18 plays in the first half. So you've got, that's how the formula has to be. Now you add Antonio Brown into that, it works. That's the key, is to me, you've got to beat the Patriots with your offense, not necessarily with your defense. Everybody's going to say, well, we've got to put somebody else on Gronk. Look, they don't have anybody else that can cover Gronk. They don't have anybody else that can take away Tom Brady's ability to read their defense. So how do you win the game? You win the game with your offense. Michael Lombardi joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Rams go in and kick the hell out of Seattle. That felt like it was more about Seattle than it was the Rams. Your take. Look, I, I, I was wrong on the Rams earlier in the year. I was wrong on Jared Goff. I think he's played much better. I think this team's all about t- Todd Gurley. I think it starts and ends with Todd Gurley, and I think Sean McVay's done a wonderful job of controlling the way he helps his quarterback with a lot of play action. I think they have very few drop-back passes. But the Rams made a statement. The Rams are a good young team up in their defensive front. I mean, you've got some guys up there that are hard to block, and Seattle isn't going to push them around anymore. And I think what they found out was there's a new sheriff in town. The Rams are for real. They went up in there and a hard place to play. Look, Seattle hasn't played well all year at home. And when you're a team that thrives on playing at home and you don't play well there, that tells me there's something wrong with your football team. It's like dome teams. Dome teams typically can win at home because of the crowd noise. But when they go outside, they don't really affect, they don't win as much, and they're one loss record. You have to evaluate yourself outside the dome. Seattle, when they start to lose at home, that's when they really have to evaluate themselves. And right now, they're not a good team. Uh, what's your thoughts on Dak Prescott? You know, I, I, I feel like there was some natural regression that was going to take place in year two as he had more of the playbook. It's been... Uh, it's been made more apparent because he didn't have his running back and Des Bryant no longer looks like the elite pass catcher he was a couple of years ago. Uh, but Dak Prescott, almost at the end of year two, what's your evaluation? Look, I, I think it's real simple. I, I think the Cowboys are really overrated on offense. I think their offensive line is benefited by having a great back. Most great backs make offensive lines better, and, and I think that's one problem. Two, their skill players are one of the worst in the league. I mean, Des Bryant makes $17 million. And I can't, you can't win one-on-one matchups. He can't move around. He doesn't have the ability to make plays. He drops too many passes. Cole Beasley's down yards. Jason Winton, great player, belongs in the Hall of Fame, but not the same player. They don't have a lot of skill. They just can't just roll the ball out there and score 30. They have to manufacture points. And that becomes hard because you've got Dez, who needs to line up in one spot. You've got Cole Beasley, who can only play a certain way. And then you've got Jason Winton, who's used to a roll. So they're limited by what they can do. And I think all this makes Dak Prescott suffer. I think they need some speed on offense. I think they need to become more explosive. They are far from where they were a year ago, and it starts with Dez. I mean, Dez hasn't made the plays he needs to make, and when he has opportunities to make the catch, he's always in a crowd, and he doesn't come down with the ball. Um, Aaron Rodgers, mistake to come back so soon? You know, look, I think the mistake was this. I think they came back, they put him on his show. They should have run the ball more effectively. They were running the football. 
they should have gone into the game controlling the pace of the game. They went into the game thinking Aaron's just going to deliver another win, and I think less Aaron would have meant more Aaron in that game, and I would have run the ball more effectively. I know Rodgers was their second-leading rusher, but Aaron Jones was running the ball. He only had five carries. He was running the football. And I think, look, the problem at Green Bay is this. Their defense can't carry them. They know it. Aaron Rodgers has to carry them. They can't make the plays that they have to make. Their talent level on defense hasn't been very good, so they get desperate on offense and they make a mistake, and all of a sudden it costs them the game. I think Aaron Rodgers should take the rest of the year off. All right, uh, what about the Eagles? Um, They struggle with the Giants. Obviously, this is Nick Foles' first start, and people said, hey, the drop between Nick Foles and Carson Wentz isn't that great. Raiders at home that are kind of a complete mess. Then the Cowboys, they may not play their guys because they may have home field throughout. Uh, what's your evaluation of the Eagles seeing them one week with Nick Foles as their starting quarterback? Well, look, I mean, Nick threw four touchdown passes, did a great job. I, I thought their special teams really helped them win the game. They blocked a punt. Uh, they gave them great field position. The defense turned the ball over. Those two touchdowns were really a result of the special teams and defense. And the Eagles' offense has struggled. I mean, the Eagles' offense is not going to beat Minnesota. They're not going to beat the Rams again. They're not going to beat Atlanta if Atlanta gets in. They're not going to beat Carolina with the way they're set up right now. They're if you can block their front like the Giants did with a backup offensive line, I mean, Justin Pugh didn't play yesterday. I mean, they had the guys all over, and they blocked. Eli came, looked like the Eli of old. He came back. They attacked them in the, down the field. And, look, if you go back and watch that game closely, I think they had four chances inside the eight-yard line. They wasted a couple plays, one running play particularly, where I thought they could get the ball in the end zone. I thought Foles did a nice job. He got hit an awful lot. But anybody who tells me that Foles can make up for Carson Wentz, I'm going to laugh at it because when you play the better teams in the league, you're not going to be able to get away with it. And I think the Giants weren't one of the better teams. Guys in the secondary for the Giants, nobody could even name half the guys trying to cover. And I think the Eagles benefited from that yesterday. What's your level of buy-in to the Jaguars? I think the Jaguars, it's all about pace. I think the team that plays the Jaguars that can get ahead of them and make them play from behind will beat them easily. But if the Jaguars can control the pace of the game and they can make you play from behind, the key to beating the Jaguars, you've got to get your, you have to keep their base defense on the field. You've got to keep Calais Campbell playing defensive end, not defensive tackle, and rushing your quarterback. And when you can do that, you can move the ball on them. But if you get into a nickel game against them, that plays right into their strength. And some of these teams do that. Now, Tennessee in Week 2, they didn't get into that game because Tennessee doesn't have enough diversity with their offense, so they played a base game and they put 40 points on them. I think it's going to have to come down to can Blake Bortles play well in a pressure situation in a pressure game? My answer is no. We'll see. Uh, the, the Niners have their quarterback of the future in Garoppolo. Only had to give up a second-round pick, but one reason was because whoever traded for him was going to have to pay him. Did the Niners make a mistake, though, Michael, in not pre-negotiating that deal before seeing him? Because now it feels like it's going to cost them a lot more money. Look, I mean, you don't mind paying for quality, right? So if you know you're going to get a marquee quarterback, why not pay for him? I mean, look, I think it's going to be one of the, the, the situations where the, the Patriots traded away the future quarterback. I mean, the reason we drafted Jimmy Garoppolo was to have a young player to pass the torch. Did a lot of work on him when I was in Cleveland, got fired, went to, went to New England. We were able to draft him there. I think Jimmy's great. I thought Jimmy was great before he went there. They had no leverage in this at all, Doug, because the reality of the situation is real simple. Jimmy was going to let it play out. Jimmy knows he's good, and Jimmy knows a lot of teams need quarterbacks. And so why is he in any hurry to do a contract? He's not. He's going to wait and see what the market bears for him and then go from there. Great stuff, as always. Check out his podcast. It's called uh, GM Street. Thanks so much, Michael. Michael Michael Lombardi at, at M. Lombardi NFL is the Twitter handle.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.